Hello, I'm Amy Edwards, and welcome to the show. Uh, we rock all sorts of topics here. It's about finding your inner rock star, overcoming fear, getting better, and transforming everything in your life into something more amazing than we ever dreamed. As I said, I'm Amy. I'm your host. I'm also a radio host, a musician, an author, a DJ, a mom, and a transformation and accountability coach. Aside from all that, I'm in my late 40s. I've been married twice. I have two kids, one from each marriage, and I've been up and down and all over the place with love and mental health and sex and substances and you name it, all the rest of it. <laughs> and I'm here to get real with you and make life into the best it can be. A um, little bit about my background. I took up rock and roll music, singing, songwriting, and guitar just less than a decade ago. And since then, I've written and recorded and released music that's pushed me a lot to learn about overcoming fear, getting stronger, setting goals, and building daily habits to achieve those goals every single day. A lot of this has been about being vulnerable and speaking out and using my voice and you know, overcoming the fear around that. I believe everything that I talk about in these shows and I believe in learning as we go and the, you know, it's about the journey. I know it's a cliche, but I do believe it. And I push outside my comfort zone all the time too. So I 100% know it's worth it when we do. I work all the time to awaken more and more in my spiritual life all the time. And I've made this show to share exactly that and explore these topics and just go a little bit deeper and see what we can learn about them and connect with all of you so we can keep getting better. The show's an hour long. It's divided into 15 minute segments with a focus each week. And this week, our focus is hope. First, I talk about the week's topic and what I've learned. Next is the interview. This week, it is with Susie Moore. She is amazing. You are going to love it. I can't wait to share it. Third, we have our affirmation segment called Go Aff Yourself with our affirmation maven and founder of stickwithit.co, Jill Faulkner. And we choose one affirmation to work on every week. And lastly is BYOB. It's about building our brand, our brain, and our business. And it's with certified brand consultant Bijou Finney. So this show, of course, is about transformation, and transformation can be hard to push through sometimes, but we have to if we really want it. I know that each week I have to face things and get them out and do the work around it and show up for myself. And like I said, it's about the journey and always taking a step forward and learning and growing. And it's a practice of betterment and love and getting better with each one of those steps to a place of more light and truth and beauty and all of it getting shinier okay so let's get to today let's rock some hope hope i personally have had a rocky relationship with hope these last few years i wanted to return her calls <laughs> i looked at it very negatively like I was mad at hope. I told a friend that I was talking hope this week and then I literally opened my mouth and I almost said, I hate hope. <laughs> um, I got to thinking about what the opposite of hope is. I don't know. I wondered if it was, someone said worry. I'm not sure. Um, maybe that's the negative side of hope more than the opposite of hope. I thought maybe it was cynicism or jadedness. And I lean toward thinking it's, being jaded. Because I think there's a pie in the sky kind of stars in your eyes quality of hope that when the pendulum swings the other way, it becomes jadedness toward life. It's more than hopelessness. It's like a feeling that you know, 
you know, that it's grounded in realism. I'm talking about the, that jadedness, right? And I'm saying realism and reality with like air quotes around them because, you know, what do we really know about reality? We can think we know, but come on, not nearly as much as we think we do. And the more I read things like a happy pocket full of money or, you know, Joe Dispenza, I mean, what do we really know about reality? That's an aside right there. We could definitely get into that. But suffice it to say, there's a lot we don't know about reality. So anyway, I have, I think a lot of you probably know this. I have a mild Twitter addiction. And one of the people I follow is Alyssa Milano. And I like her. I've usually liked following her tweets. But um, lately, she's been seeming jaded to me. And I mean, a lot of her tweets are like, woe is the world. My kids are going to have to live in a world where they have to wipe down their groceries and it's never getting better. And, and I haven't shaved my legs in months. You know, I'm like, I don't know. It's been bothering me when I see those tweets. Right now, I cannot go down a road of no hope. And as much as I recognize that I've had this rocky relationship with hope in the last few years, like I said, I'm finding that I can't live without it right now. Like when I read those tweets, it really bugs me. And I flat out refuse to give up and surrender to that thinking, to a belief that the world as we used to know it is done and that this virus will win. But when, and and the economy too, that we're just in such dire straits and it's going to be terrible. I just can't. However, you know, when you think about the economy, when we see the GDP drop like it did the second quarter, have you been following that? So before they would consider a big GDP recession drop, like it has to be two quarters in a row, but they would consider it to be like an 8% contraction. And ours contracted this last quarter, something like 32%. It was the worst contraction on record, you know? So I do get it. When you see something like that, it's hard to remain hopeful. But to say that it's just going to be horrible all the way through for a long time, I can't. I just can't. Even if the election is a wild mess in November, which, let's be real, real, (laughs) it probably will be, I find myself remaining hopeful about the bigger picture. And I have to believe that in the end, it will all be okay. And I think that's where the crux of my hope lies. Like, it'll all be okay. I mean, it generally always is. If we can relax into that trust. And in the episode, as I talk to each person this week, they bring up faith in relation to hope. If we can relax into that knowing of okayness, then maybe that's all the hope that we need. Now, I get though that trusting that the bigger picture will be okay is difficult when we look at human rights and the Supreme Court and all these things that have been going on, people trying to take those rights away. It's not easy to remain hopeful in those situations. But isn't that what we are essentially doing with Black Lives Matter, with fighting for Breonna Taylor? All of it. Isn't underneath that a hope for a better world and hope that we can change the way things are? Because we wouldn't even take action if we didn't have that hope. As I was, you know, thinking a lot about hope this week and discussing it with people. It came up in personal discussions a few times about that lack of control that hope can bring up. And that's definitely what it brought up for me when I was mad at it. You know, it didn't imply that we were taking action. Does that make sense? And that's what I felt when I was angry with hope. I felt like it was dumb. I felt like it was baseless. And it was related to action because at that point in time, I felt like any action that I took wouldn't even help. It wouldn't matter. It was pointless. (laughs) 
And yes, it was a very dark time in my life. <laughs> and if you want to hear that in real time, you can go back and listen to uh, my previous podcast, The Real Show from uh, like fall 2018, I think. But as I'm exploring this further, I think that all action is based in hope. Like it has to be. And as Susie says in this week's interview, which is phenomenal, by the way, I'm so excited for you to hear it. She completely agrees with that and says that it is this base of the action that we take. All that we do has hope. And so, yeah, I don't know, something about that is making me happy now. I'm recognizing that maybe my thinking about hope has shifted. And I really think that it was working on it this week that has made that happen. Okay, so let's talk about this episode. Oh, but before I talk about the episode, I want to share one other thing. And I'm remaining hopeful about it. Um, I have to change the name of this podcast, Rock Your Life. It's due to a trademark issue, long story short. So overall, I have some podcast changes coming up. There might be more that I'm going to announce in the next month or so, and I'll be sure to share them. I just want to let you know and not, you know, catch you off guard. So uh, it's been really interesting, I've found, for me to study hope right now with all this stuff that I have going on and this uncertainty in my own life, my own professional life. And as our affirmation says this week, hope reminds me to trust. And I'm going to keep taking the action and keep that base of hope in there that reminds me to relax and trust. Okay, so let's cover what's going to happen this week in the episode. First up is the interview, and it is with Susie Moore. She is a life coach and columnist, writer, and contributor to a long, awesome list, including The Today Show, Oprah, Cosmo, many more. She's also the author of a new book called Stop Checking Your Likes, Shake Off the Need for Approval, and Live an Incredible Life. You can find her at susiemore.com. That's susie-more, S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R-E.com, or on Instagram at susie.more, S-U-S-I-E dot M-O-O-R-E. So we do talk a bit in the interview about her new book, Stop Checking Your Likes. Um, We talk about social media and how we are so much more than our social media. We talk about worthiness and how our worthiness is fixed. And she has some beautiful analogies in there too. She says that hope too is the most powerful human emotion and that the currency of hope is very high and can move us forward. I love how she phrases that. She turns around that control thing that I was talking about earlier too. She addresses how much control we do have with it and how surrendering that can be a way to hide ourselves. Uh, We also get into staying in our own business. I liked talking about that because I've been studying Byron Katie right now. Um, She tells us her practical strategies for what she does when she doesn't feel hopeful, which is a lot about basic self-care. And I also asked her about this concept of hard work versus easy work and... I love that part of the conversation, and we're going to be talking more about that in the coming weeks. So work easy, find her book, and more about her at susiemore.com, S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R-E.com. On Go After Yourself this week, Jill has hope tattooed on her, and she says it was a reminder of what exactly. So we covered that and the difference between hope and the energy of hopefulness. We kind of uh, discern between the two. So do we attach to certain outcomes with hope and 
How rather do we keep the faith of hope more general and not so tied to expectations? Jill talks about hope creating a sense of continued longing. And I ask about, you know, if it makes us delay happiness sometimes. So we have a really good conversation about detaching from outcome around hope. And this week's affirmation is hope reminds me to trust. On BYOB this week, we get immediately into how much we need hope these days, and we dive into hopes around making money in particular. And does hope imply, you know, lack of confidence, which is an interesting question from a business perspective. So listen for that. Bijou pairs hope with a plan, hard work, and diligence. And we also talk about the relationship between hope and faith and how hope can look during COVID times and the unknowns that we're facing right now, of course. On the brain front too, I asked Bijou how she views hope with psychedelics and lots more. So tune in for that in BYOB. So right now it is time for the interview. Let's get to it with Susie Moore. Here we go. Let's rock. Hello, Susie. How are you? I am good. How are you? It's so nice to see you in real life. It's so nice to see you too. Thank you. I think we rescheduled this because of me a couple of times. So thank you for being so flexible. No problem. I was really excited about it. And you know what? My schedule is so flexible. It's no problem at all. That's the way it goes, isn't it? I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) And and I know you're busy and everything. And congratulations on your new book. I have not read it yet, but I can't wait to because I need it. I know I need it. (laughs) I check my likes. (laughs) Oh, I think we all check our likes. That's okay. And you know, it's not a social media book, but it's about, you know, frankly, shedding the need for approval. And I think that, you know, meeting the approval from others or wanting it, seeking validation from others. It's just very, very human. So I help you just reduce that a little bit. That's good. I think I always need the reminders like constantly. I really, I love your Instagram and the way it's put together. And I I just am constantly giving myself those reminders that I don't need the approval. And you know, the older I get, the more uh, I'm getting used to that. And I think it, I think age helps for sure. Mm. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How old are you? I'm that, of course. Yeah, I'm okay. 36, 36 and a half. My husband's like, no one says halves after the age of five. <laughs> or, I don't know why I say it. I'm 36 and a half. <laughs> That's hilarious because just my 15 my year old just yesterday was saying, Mom, now like you're, you're 47 and, and like three quarters. Or, and I was like, What? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you're like, What? I know. <laughs> it made me laugh. It's um, true. But you know, actually, I, I started reading self help when I was 15 and it really changed my life. So in fact, I've actually done some donations with my book to high schools because I feel like the earlier you can learn this, mm, like truly, Amy, your, your life is different because you live in this self-directed way. I completely agree. And, and especially now with the way kids are growing up, you know, with the likes, with the actual like, oh, who's looking at this? You know, my, my little one doesn't even have social media accounts yet, but she's mm-hmm. conscious of it already. And she'll yeah. tell me, you know, oh, look, it got a heart, you know, and I'm like, Yep, but that doesn't matter, you know. So yeah, well, you could say that's so what, like cool, but so yeah, what? We so don't, what? we don't, we don't do it for that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's. I mean, somebody asked you recently, like, what would you tell somebody, <laughs> like a teenager, about social media? And I'm like, you know what? Social media is not the enemy. It's really fun. Like, I think that's how we connected. I mean, there are so many benefits, but you are more than your social media accounts, and a million likes won't make you any more valuable or make your life any more lasting. It's just like understanding that there's a there's a place for what all of that means. And it, it, it exists, but it's just not very big. 
Yes, I completely agree. And sometimes we can lose sight of that or it's, you know, so it's just good to keep having those reminders and pull ourselves into this, you know, mm-hmm. truth of ourselves and self-love, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Can I, I mean, uh, can I share a quick story? Yeah, <laughs> actually. <absolutely. laughs> so in, in my book, I open, I share with, um, I share with the readers that like, it's, I guess it's, it's funny, but it's also real. Like if, this is just illustrate the point that your your worthiness is fixed. I mean, if you could just let this in a little bit, okay. right? Like your worthiness is fixed. It's not deletable no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do, if you drank too much, if you're a criminal, like whatever it is you think that makes you not feel worthy. I mean, the way that I illustrate it is, you know, just say you went on a hike or you went skiing with a group of friends and you went missing and you, you were separated from the group. Maybe the weather conditions are bad and it was getting dark. Would they be like, okay, let me see if Amy's worth saving. Yeah. <laughs> is she verified? <laughs> is she thin? Like, how much money does she have? I mean, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> I mean, but if that's true in the physical realm, how can it not be true in every realm? And so if you're worthy of a mountain rescue, then you're worthy of everything good. You're worthy of everything else that's good that's available to all of us, to other people. 100% agree with that. that. I love that illustration too. It's a good reminder. It's simple, simple but helpful, I, hate, I think. I for, for whenever we're doubting our worth, it's like, am I worthy of a rescue? Yes. Okay, great. You're allowed to be you and have everything that you want. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, thanks again for doing this today. So one of the things that you said, I watched one of your webinars probably like um, – a year and a half ago or something, and, mm-hmm. or maybe two years ago. And I was going through a dark time in my life. And mm. one of the things that you said in it was, and you really uh, took a moment with it, was do you have hope? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes. Yeah, and one of my favorite questions. Uh-huh. Yeah, you said it twice. Oh, good. I'm glad you said one of your favorite questions because it hit me hard and I started crying and I realized that I felt like I didn't have any hope right then. And looking back, I feel like that's a different, such a different version of myself. And mm. obviously, maybe I did have some hope because I was listening to that. So, I mean, mm. that shows something probably, but, um, I just didn't, didn't feel it. And, uh, and I cried and I turned it off for a while and had to sit with how I felt. And over time I felt kind of anger and sadness toward hope. Uh, it mm. felt like something out of my control. And mm-hmm. I've thought a lot about those questions that that question in particular that you asked. And as I've done the daily work to build myself back up after that time, I was going through a divorce and it was just dark. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, and I've still felt some resistance toward hope. And I just wanted to really have a conversation with you and find out, you know, I know I think a lot of people right now are struggling with hope in this time, and with whether it's with their jobs or whatever they've got going on, illness, um, mm-hmm. the state of the world, uh, police, everything, brutality. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered how you felt about it personally, and you know what presence hope held for you, and why it was such a big question for you to ask. So I know I rolled a bunch in there. But yes, no, I love it. Anyway. Well, hope is the most powerful human emotion. Okay. When you think about it, (laughs) well, you know, I've coached lots of different people and it's easier for me to coach somebody who may have, you know, their life a little bit all over the place and not quite certain of the future, but hopeful versus someone who might have everything going for them, but who's just really withdrawn and not feeling hopeful. So it's like a, it's like a core 
emotion to move you forward, I guess. Yes. The currency of hope is very, very high. And I think sometimes we're afraid to feel hopeful because we're worried about disappointment and we're worried that we're going to be let down. But the thing is, there's no real risk to hope because a hopeless life is really has nothing going for it, right? It's like you're kind of just existing. But when you think about it, as long as there is breath in your body, there is more for you. If you're still here, <laughs> there is still something for you. There is work to do. There is something waiting. There are opportunities in your future. So I think like hope it's okay. And by the way, you know, look, I've been divorced too. I know the ups and downs of life. I've had plenty myself. I feel as if it's, you don't want to put pressure on yourself to be hopeful. Like also it's, it's okay to have, you know, life has its seasons. And right now it's a difficult season for many, many people. And it's okay if you're even momentarily resigned. Yeah. Understanding too that this too will pass, this too will change, and there'll be another season, right? It's just like the cyclical nature, nature of life. So if you don't feel hopeful right now, I would be hopeful that hope can return. <laughs> I love because, that. And think about any dark seasons that we've had. I mean, in our life, if you've lived a certain amount of years, you've suffered, mm-hmm. right? There's been loss, pain, like shock, also you know, all sorts of things that happen to every human. Every human, no matter uh, how how lucky you are or how much money you have, these things happen, right? But yeah, it, it's okay to have periods where that's just not how you're feeling, and you can love yourself enough through that too, uh, knowing that you know whatever dark seasons you've had, hasn't there always been a dawn? Hasn't there always been like a shift? Hasn't there always been a change? Sometimes it happens like quite surprisingly that we can just feel differently one day. Um, but a lot of the time too, we need to consciously remember that we have a lot of control. We have a lot of options and know that there's power that we have that we don't have to give away. Oh, okay. Cause I was thinking of it like in a way of um, not having that control, like things were out of your control a little bit, but you're saying we do have more control than we think. So maybe I just need to turn that around. Oh, I Amy, mean, we do. Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, to a certain extent. Yes. I feel like we always have options. I always say, you know, there's at least three solutions to every problem. And this is in my book specifically with examples, even when you feel really, really stuck, like truly, like there are very, very few situations in life where you don't have a lot of power and where you don't have any options. Think about it. If we just talk about quarantine right now, there are a lot of restrictions, what you can do, what you can't do, et cetera. Um, I, you can completely control what you do in your own small living space, right? You can control what you uh, focus your mind on, what thoughts you uh, choose to like, just to populate your, you know, your vibration. Are you going to have a negative thought that pops up and then attach to that, go down that spiral? Or are you going to quickly move on to a thought replacement with something better? If some, if something offends you, could you instead think maybe could I see this, could this make me laugh instead? If uh, something went wrong, right? Or you didn't get an opportunity, maybe you were rejected for something. Could you think Ah, maybe there's something better. Maybe um, look at your history of t- other times things have gone wrong. You didn't get the apartment, the man, the job, whatever it was. Something else happened though, right? That was good. Yeah. So it's really, we, we have a lot of control, but we like to surrender it. I think a lot of the time because we don't want to use our courage, right? It can be easier to hide. It can be easier to feel powerless. Uh, and like remembering that you have power will take, will, will require something from you. But then of course the rewards are far bigger. Yeah. And I think it's that difference between um, control over ourselves and Mm -hmm. our own emotions and our own thoughts versus control over what's outside, you know, and like sometimes the hope can feel a little bit, um, 
like we're hoping for something external rather than, mm. you know, standing within ourselves. Does that make sense? Yes. And the thing is, good luck if you're <laughs> like controlling anything external. You Not can't, happening. I mean, it's so funny. I mean, one thing that has just brought me tremendous relief when I learned this earlier in my life was that you can't control people mm-hmm. ever. Like even as a parent, you're ex- like you're limited right? In terms of what it is that you can, you can control. So it's, it's fascinating, (laughs) but it's like, it's fascinating what you think. Like, so often people would come to me and they'd be complaining about their partner or they'd be, you know, complaining about their boss. And I'm like, how hard is it you think to change yourself? Right? Like think about if we want to change something in ourselves, maybe we want to change how we eat or change how we sleep or change any type of habit. It's, it's, it's hard, right? It requires some work or it feels that way. But we don't want to, we, we bypass that. We're like, let's just try and change somebody else. Yeah, you change. You change. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it, it's absolutely absurd. And we're living our lives so much in other people's business. You just, it's like, I, you, <laughs> I've totally been thinking about that today, actually. I was listening to Byron Katie, Loving What Is. And oh, yes. um, she talks a lot about there are three things there's my business, your business, and God's business. And uh, yes. And I really liked that. And today I was just thinking about something and I was like, well, that's not my business. And if I do that, that's not somebody else's business. So I was just kind of in that space. Precisely. And it's like the, the only thing is uh, what you're giving, what you're doing, what you're paying attention to. That is your only business. And this is like, frankly, too, this um, plays into the stock checking your likes, like the, you know, the, the philosophy of my book. It's like, well, all that matters is you, right? (laughs) It's your own universe. You're the only thinker. Yeah. You're the only thinker in your universe. So like do a really good job of like running that ship, (laughs) you know? And then frankly, once you, however you live your life is your business. So long as your intention isn't to hurt others, right? That's like the one thing to treat others well. Uh, But uh, then how the world responds to you is also not your business. You're totally right. And that, that goes right along with your book and exactly your whole message, right? Yes. And it's so, it's so wonderful. I mean, I share in my book actually too, how nothing can be taken personally in a rational way. So I share this story, like where I was was creating an article for the Huffington Post, which was uh, life lessons I've learned by 30, right? When I was turning 30 or 32, something like that. And I asked my friends who were in their thirties because I wanted to make it really good. So I'm like, well, let me see what other people have learned. And one girl said, no carbohydrates after 2 p.m., right? Another girl said, get life insurance as soon as you can. Someone else said, you don't have to have kids or get married if you don't want to. And the other person said, oh, uh, it was like a skincare, like specific skincare advice, right? So the first was a girl who used to be a fitness model, right? So the carbohydrate rules. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The second was a girl, uh, a friend of mine who's a very, very savvy investor. She's excellent with her money. So she was about the life insurance. The third was from this like awesome rebel entrepreneur who's really conscious about um, telling women that they can make their own choices and have to fall in line. So like the the marriage children example. And the other was my friend who's a beauty blogger. So no advice is right or wrong or better, like superior, inferior. It's just through the lens of the person. Mm-hmm. And this is how we go around the world all the time. So when you think about it, when you take anything personally, it's like all I'm doing is uh, getting involved in somebody else's lens. And that's kind of not my job, right? That's my job. And they're allowed their own lens. The same way I'm allowed my own lens. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful, peaceful way to live. 
It is. It's a beautiful way to live. And um, I love that. And it's so true. Those are all aligned with the things that I've been thinking about lately and mm-hmm. trying to just do that work to stay in that space and remember those things. And just, it makes you just a generally more happy person, 100%. Oh, yes. And do you have the energy you have? <laughs> I tell you, if you think you don't have time or you don't, you know, there's not this creative energy that you have, once you keep your nose off everybody else's like, opinion business oh it's amazing just what abounds within you you're like oh i have all this time i have all this like space for myself it's pretty wonderful it's amazing mm-hmm. um well we're getting close to time and i wanted to ask you one more question and then ask you if there's anything you feel called to share before we go so the last question is so when you have those times you did say like you know when you don't feel like you have hope maybe hope mm-hmm. for hopefulness again but yes. i was just wondering like do you ever really feel a little hopeless about something? And what do you do in those instances? Do you have any uh, practical things that you do or routines that, that help you through that? Yes, 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 yes. So first of all, human beings aren't meant to be happy all the time. And I'm probably right. one of the happiest people that I know because, you know, I work on myself and that's cool, right? It's, a, it's something that you do consciously. But in, the, in those moments, we all have them. Sometimes it's related to what's going on in your body. Of course, what's going on in the world. We, accept, you know, we, we receive the energy of the world. Um, but first of all, give yourself a break when you're not feeling that way because what you resist is going to become stronger so you can like almost settle into it. And then before you do any crazy existential journaling as to why maybe you don't have hope or really kind of go deep into it and start panicking, just ask yourself some basic questions. Am I sleeping enough? Am I drinking too much or eating too much or doing something that's going to have a actually a physical, creating physical response that isn't good? Is self-care, I swear, is getting rid of a toxic friend, right? Toxic yeah. friend uh, under the guise of someone who's just really concerned for you but loves to talk about your problems with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I would just be really conscious of looking at just environmental factors that might seem really simple because the simplest things are really easy to overlook. So I think, do I have just like, am I drinking enough water? Like these basic things, having them in place, it's amazing the shift that can take place and then frankly if you're going through a divorce or if you're sick or someone you love is sick give yourself a break like life has harder periods and they will pass it's so important to remember that good bad every experience phase emotion it all passes this is very soothing and we learn from all of it too we sure do that's how we become wise Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you feel called to either reiterate or share before we go? Yes, I would say that I, I feel like the message out there all the time is like hustle, do, do all the things. And yes, action matters. Action is critical, right? But I also believe that we can relax into things going well for us. And no one teaches this. No one's like, yeah, just chill, right? And I'm not saying, yeah, just chill, like go smoke weed on the sofa or whatever, right? right? But I mean, like, relax into knowing that you deserve to be here. You don't deserve to take up. You don't need to justify taking up space. You don't need to prove yourself, right? There is nothing to prove, right? You deserve to be here. Every human life is nothing short of miraculous. Everything that had to happen for you to be here now, it's perfect. Don't question it. So, relax into it it's amazing what can shift when that happens i felt that i felt that in my heart yes and this is your life i mean what are you waiting for in order to just feel the joy to have some fun damn right yeah i mean this is what are you waiting for christmas like (laughs) this is it Mm -hmm. so enjoy it relax have fun and i mean like be, be on your own side and make sure that inner like button of yours is the loudest I love that. Okay. 
that led me to one more thing I want to say. Oh, yes. Uh, so you said like, you know, go easy, relax a little bit. So I do this, uh, I say a Reiki kind of prayer. I, I do Reiki on myself every day. And I, I say a little Reiki mantra every day. But part of it is um, just for today, I will work hard. And so today, yeah, a few days ago, I was like, maybe I need to say I will work easy. Maybe mm-hmm. like I need to, but I don't mean easy, but I mean more fluid and relaxed, you know, like, mm-hmm. what do you think about hard work versus like, <laughs> mm. what you were I never say hard work. I, my mantra you is don't? let it be no, easy. <laughs> mantra is let it be easy. Yeah. Right? Like relax. Don't the creative ideas flow? Isn't yeah. reaching out and collaborating and cr- it, it's so easy. So I consider managing my mood, relaxing into it, my worthiness, remembering it constantly, my only job. Because then I'm nice to my husband, my to-do list gets done each day. I feel, look right now, is this work? I'm having a blast. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm very relaxed. I'm not like, oh, am I going to say the wrong thing? Oh, wait, let me me look at my notes. Mm -mm." I'm like, I just have to show up, um, speak from my heart and have fun with you, Amy, right? Like, (laughs) let it be easy. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I think like let it be easy is a great mantra and um, the work then takes care of itself. It takes care of itself. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Susie. Oh my gosh. And I will put links up to everything for you. And um, of course, everyone can find you at susie-more.com. S-U-S-I-E dash M-O-O-R-E or at susie.more on Instagram. I love your Instagram and you're just so practical and I just... Thank you. You're, you're just a gem in this world. And I, I am so grateful that you said yes and saw my Instagram message. So thank you, Susie. Yay, Amy. Thank you so much. Mwah. Bye-bye for now. Goodbye for now. All right. Welcome to Go Aff Yourself with Jill Faulkner, our affirmation maven. and Indeed. Indeed. Jill, how does hope make you feel? You know, sometimes it depends on when you'd ask me because generally I feel hopeful, but there are some times where I'm just like, I don't see how this is going to change. I don't, you know, how, how can I have hope in this moment? Um, So it's, uh, yeah, interesting because generally I'm a positive person and, um, you know, hopeful. I have hope tattooed on my foot, you know, like I... You do? No, I yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. So I have life is written on the inside of my wrist and then hope is on my foot. So life is hope. And I forget that it's there as a reminder. Um, what does it remind you of? To feel peace in that moment. Okay. Well, you know, and to take away the worry that I'm feeling. Take away the worry. You think, do you think hope takes away worry? Um, interesting. Because my response, my initial response is no. Me too. If anything, I think it, it's like putting a little too much power in the worry. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just looked up the definition as we do. And so it says a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Huh. Um, so maybe it can get too wrapped up, wrapped up with a certain expectation if we're not careful, you know, and then you're, you're tied to that in a certain way. Yes. And so it's like people are like, oh, I hope I get this job. Yes. I hope right? X. I hope X specific. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
um, in that you're then attaching to it. Yeah. So how can we have hope? In a more general sense. Right. Like I just, you hope and like you hope things just get better. So it had, a, it has an, an uh, um, that's the noun of it or the verb is wanting something to happen or be the case, but they have an older definition of it too. It says archaic is a feeling of trust. So maybe we're more referring to that. Yes. So I was, I was thinking beforehand how the word faith came up for me and having hope and, and faith they go together. They definitely go together. Yeah. And so um, something about faith came up for me because like I was saying before, like hope is, I don't know if I always feel hope or if I attach to hope, like, oh, I hope this works out because what it draws me back to is the faith that if it's meant to work out, it will, yes. right? Where it's like, I hope I get this job, but I keep the faith that what's meant for me will find me. Oh, right? I, I like that a lot. Yes, because that's exa- that's it. That's what it morphed into for me. I think I got mad at hope for like a couple years. <laughs> and I was just like, this is dumb. Hope is stupid. Hope is like which I've talked about before and uh, hope is just like um, feels out of my control or something. It, for me, it creates a sense of continued longing for something yes. like something is absent. So this is really interesting because I, I love the, the concept of hope, right? Like I don't want to put it as a word or concept that I don't use anymore, but I am starting to think about it differently. Um, Plus, I probably won't get the tattoo removed from my foot. So right. So it's, it's living to, with me. <laughs> Let's come yeah. up with a great way to, to frame it, right? Yeah. So it's like hope, you know, having hope and faith. and um, But yeah, how do we just not attach to it? So if I'm thinking about hope or hoping for this or hoping that X happens, am I attaching to the lack of it currently in my life? Right? Like I hope for a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So am I holding, if I'm continue, in a continued state of hope, um, am I in a continued state of longing, further staving off the relationship? I agree. It's almost like you're not present in the moment and instead you're spending time thinking that the, the happiness will be fulfilled then when that hope is fulfilled. Right. And so I'm really liking the the marriage of hope and faith okay. for me it's like as hope and faith reminder like having hope reminds me to rely on trust mm-hmm. and faith um and trusting for me in the universe like you know in my higher power like just putting that trust there still having the hope um and trusting that it will work out however for my highest good yeah, I felt really like when I got mad at hope, I just felt like envious almost of people that would feel that, you know, and like I was wishing I could, but I just didn't. And there are probably some people that feel that way right now in this pandemic and with everything mm-hmm. that's going on in the world, you know. So yeah. how would we affirm that then if we're tying up hope into more of a faith category? So what does that look like in a sentence? Do you think? It's, it's like hope 
it hope reminds me to have faith. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like that. Cause, uh, you know, I'm thinking of it almost like you mentioned too, in a relationship context, like, I don't even know what I hope for really there anymore. I guess just like love in some way mm-hmm. down the road. But, um, but then like for me, you know, and, and for you, I imagine too, it's like, we trust that that love will, is coming, right? It's, right? it's on its way. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But when we attach to the hope, um, I think it just creates an attachment to an outcome. And that's, you know, quote, bad, right, is to yeah. attach to the outcome well, or a particular outcome. It is, well, we want to detach from outcome, right? Detach right. The outcome. So how, does, yeah. how do we still have hope if we're detaching from outcome? That's a great idea. I think it's just an, a knowing and that, that it just really is a trusting. Okay. And, and yeah. having faith. So... Um, so hope is more of just like a deeper, peaceful, you know, trust. Yeah. For, for okay. me, that's, that's what comes up is it's going to remind me to keep trusting. Well, I like that better anyway. It's more acceptable for me to, <laughs> to deal with hope in that way. Yeah. Know, so maybe well. like, I know I said something before that you liked and I can't remember, even though it was like a minute ago. Um, and now I just had another thought and I forgot it, but it's like hope deepens trust. You think? Or did I say before hope reminds me to trust? That's what you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You did. Then I like, I like that. Let's go with that. I like this. I like this because it's not like I hope blah, blah, blah or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. So we can affirm it by saying hope reminds me to trust and, or just to trust. I think full stop. Hope stop. reminds me to trust. Yeah. And you're trusting in the divine unfolding. Yeah. Trusting in my gut, right? When we have a hope for something, there's usually a happy feeling attached to it. It's like, oh, you know, I hope, I hope that job works out. Like that seems like that would be a really great opportunity, yeah. you know? And so I think um, letting ourselves feel the hope and then being reminded that I trust whatever outcome is the, you know, the divine outcome that is meant. Yes. Because that's hard to do because like what you just said, like, what if I do trust my gut? Like, Oh, this seems really great. And like, I, it feels right. And then it's not aligned at all. You know, it doesn't work out at all. And then you're like, it can, it can m- make me wonder the next time I feel that it makes, makes me more cautious or something. And then makes me not want to be hopeful and not want to trust myself. What do you say to that? What what immediately comes to mind for me is uh, meditation, and and sitting in quiet with myself yeah. during those times, but always really so that I can um, continue to get more in tune, mm-hmm. so that I know a little bit more about how I react and like trusting my gut. Um, so I think it is really disappointing when those kinds of things happen. And it can derail hope. Mm -hmm. But I think if we go back to trust and the deeper relationship we have with ourself and a deeper relationship with the universe, then we trust with no doubt and have full faith that our path will align in the right way. You know, it's not always about what we want, and more about what we need. Yeah. Yes. So we could want that job and want that gig or want that relationship, 
But if it's not what we need, then it's not going to line up. Yeah. And you just redirect your hope perhaps to whatever is in alignment. Right. Yeah. 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 I just did that the other day, you know, and like, um, had a moment where I just had to like, I was like, kind of, I've been studying that Byron Katie stuff, the work lately. Mm. And, um, and you know, part of that, what she says is like, you're ignoring reality a lot of times. And like, it's your thoughts about reality that are making you unhappy. And so sometimes the hope that hope can probably be, you know, just this, this resistance to reality. And instead, when you just look at the real situation and then you, you go, Oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm just not seeing this for what it is. I'm putting all these shoulds on it or hopes or expectations on it. And then am I making sense at all? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, to think about because I, you know, I've definitely found myself during on days where I hope for, for my life to be different. Um, but this week I've really been focused on being in, in my life and being happy where I'm at, you know, even if it's not the career, right. I'm using this time to explore all of that. Um, and how's that been? It's been, it's been good and it kind of took the um, pressure off of making any like drastic changes because mm-hmm. it goes back to trusting that I'm in the right place right now in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. I absolutely so, agree with that. All for reason, you know, and sometimes that's hard to see. Um, it can be very hard to see, especially in a time like this, but that's when we need it most. I mean, yeah. You know, you know it's like, even just like, I hope people treat each other better. Um, that's, that's where I can hang on to hope because it's, I know that I treat people well. Um, but I continue to have hope for the world to treat each other better and holding on to hope for that feels um, less, less attached in some way because this is going to sound a little bit weird maybe, but it like doesn't directly affect my life to have hope for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that hope that you have right there is, um, sprinkled with like some realism about human nature and history and the fact that it's never going to be perfect? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause like, what does that even look like for people to treat each other? <laughs> right. Better. You know, I, I'm asking this directly from listening to Byron Katie and loving what is that's um, and that's, that's her whole message is love. What is like, mm-hmm. rather than trying to shape it into anything else, which makes, you know, hope kind of a interesting topic for that. Like when you look at it through that lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think too, it's um, challenging to to um, live some of this where we're staying indoors. Yeah, and we're not really allowed to be out in the world right now. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, really interesting. It is, and I've been thinking too that came up for me also before we go because we're getting low on time is, um, you know, when Obama had his, I think his book was titled The Audacity of Hope. And, mm-hmm. you know, I liked that title a lot because uh, 
you know, it is audacious to, to have these expectations and say, oh, everyone can be kind to each other. I mean, like, is that denying reality? Is it just, or is it just this unbridled hopefulness that, that you can't suppress or something? I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so, it's so deep. It's so layered and it's so Mm -hmm. complex because we're dealing with individuals. And so I do believe that we can make progress and we can treat each other better. It is going to take nothing short of a miracle, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is possible. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's where for me, it's like, okay, reel it in. Where can I affect in my immediate world? Yeah. yeah. In my own life, my immediate surroundings. And then the trickle effect, I think, is where my hope lives for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, maybe if you just scale it back to, um, with what you just said, if people are listening to us and like, where the hell do I put my hope? Um, you know, maybe there's a way to just put it, you know, on yourself and just be Mm -hmm. like, I hope that I can, you know, love myself today mm-hmm. in the best way possible or something like that. You know, you could, you could take that affirmation and just turn it very inward and, and, um, hope that, you know, you can maybe, I don't know, not beat yourself up for something today or just treat yourself like a friend would or something like that, you know, something very personal and be kind as possible in challenging situations like we have nowadays. Yeah. And I think too, when you just said hopeful, um, I like I like the word and I think concept of being hopeful more than putting hope on something. Okay. I think it expects a lot of hope, but if I'm just hopeful, I just feel good about the possibilities that exist. So should we change it to hopefulness reminds me to trust or should No, because I think I think hope still like hope reminds me to trust and hopefulness makes me feel that trust. Like yeah. The being of hopefulness is different than having hope. I like that distinction. And um, yeah, it's just more like a quality. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like it's the energy of hopefulness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's nice. That's nice. It takes like a desperation and then lack out of it, right? Right. You can remain abundance. Okay. Well, we are over time. Yes. So okay. thank you so much. Our thank you. Today. Hope reminds me to trust. That was a great conversation about it. Super interesting. Thank you. I knew you really were gonna, got me thinking. I knew you were going to have yeah. great thoughts about hope. <laughs> I had no, I had no worries about that whatsoever. I was hopeful about it. Not even hopeful. <laughs> I was sure. hundred percent sure. Well, thanks Jill. And everyone can find thank you, you very on, much on Instagram or online, stickwithit.co or yes. uh, your personal Instagram underscore Jill Margaret underscore. Yes. Thanks, Jill. Thank you. Thank Go you. Af. Go af. Go af yourself. Yourself. <laughs> okay, it's time for BYOB. And uh, we are talking with Bijou Finney, of course, and we're talking about hope. What is that? Hope. hope. Do you like hope? How do you feel about hope? I think that where everybody's in need of hope right now. I know I am. I know. So whether or not I like it, I mean, why would I dislike it? But um, I think that we all have to have hope that we'll get our acts together in a lot of ways. Uh, we, I, 
I have hope that I'll be able to make money the way that I want to make money. It'll make me happy. I need hope that we'll be able to do business in a new way that uh, makes it easier to be environmentally friendly. Yeah. Uh, I have hopes on a lot of things. What, what, what came up for you this week? Well, I mean, uh, oh, a lot, a lot about hope, but um, that's a, that's a big one for me. Um, and I, I, you know, I've enjoyed these conversations and I think looking at it from, I like what you said about, I hope I'll be able to make money the way I want to make money. Like that's a huge one for me. And I think that one really probably strikes a chord with a lot of people right now because of everything (laughs) because of the state of the world. And, um, I know that like I have power and all that, but you just, you know, I hope I'm able, I guess I just get a little nervous that will I be able to figure it out? Like I question, like I have a hope, but then I question my own, uh, abilities maybe Mm -hmm. to an extent, you know? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, I don't know, hope is a tricky thing for me because I kind of feel like whenever I hear anybody say, well, I hope that that's possible or I have hope, but it's always like a little bit of a not confident about the outcome of a situation, which um, I guess on the spectrum you have to have a little bit of hope because if you've completely given up and you think that there's no way anything could ever happen, then, and you have zero hope, then, then that's crappy. But in the same token, like hope lives in the middle to me of knowing and then completely like lost all hope. Right. So I don't know. I feel that, um, I have hope that I can get stuff accomplished, but I have to pair that with hard work and diligence and, um, I don't know, I, I, a plan. So hope with a plan can probably get me more than just sitting around hoping. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And Jill and I, in our segment, we distinguished between that kind of what you're talking about with hope and then a quality within ourselves of hopefulness, which I think, you know, might be what you're talking about when you don't give up all the way, when you've just got this, a general hopefulness for the world, for your job, for whatever it is. And cause like, is, if you're doing something, if you're taking any kind of action whatsoever, there's some hope there, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, with every action we take, isn't there some kind of hope involved that something's going to occur? Like, I think it has to be coupled with faith. So it's like hope and yeah. faith that, that Jill said the exact same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That we just have to have faith, but I don't think you get that faith without work or without seeing someone else do it or without having these little nuggets of, oh, wow, you just completely restored my faith in humanity. Like, I think, I think that we people, could. There's probably some people that can do that faith without it, but that's not, not you and me, apparently. <laughs> we're such practical. No. We're, we're too practical for that. Yeah. You know? like, show me the numbers. Show me <laughs> someone who's done it before uh, or something like that. I mean, I wish maybe I wasn't totally like that, but 
Um, I think as you get older, it's hard not to. I do too. Uh, I mean, to to do that, but so how does hope look in business right now for you personally in COVID? Um, that I think that uh, is why I struggle so much with hope right now because there are so many unknowns. Like we don't know when things are going to get anywhere like resembling normal or how we're all going to change going forward with the new normal. And um, I think this, all this uncertainty makes hope hard because people can't hope for a better future when we have zero idea what's possible going forward with all of this stuff. But um, when it comes to marketing and branding, I have to have hope that people are still going to want to create content or that people are still going to have money to spend on things. You know what I mean? And that's a scary hope to have. Oh, that part of it is really scary. Yeah. I've been, I've found myself hopeful, like not cynical, which has surprised me. I'm not really a cynical person anyway. I'm kind of an optimistic type and I have found myself hopeful business-wise that we're going to find new ways to do things and get really creative and like lean into our resourcefulness. Um, so I, I've like, I've like noticed that about myself, like just mm-hmm. hopefulness in that way. But, um, but yeah, that people spending money part, that's, um, that's, ner- that makes me nervous. Like looking ahead, you know, like, I mean, I want to find hope in that because if we're talking about making money than we want to, then we don't, we have to, you know, spend money and make money. I mean, are you spending money the way that you did before this? I'm not. No, I think that I have hope in the sense that I think a lot of change needs to happen. And I think a lot of things are rolling to make that change start to happen. But I think that with all that change comes the fact that like some type of the system is going to crumble and be rebuilt in a new way. And uh, I think that it's exciting and I, and I hope that it happens in my lifetime so I can see the results of all of that work. But during that period of work, it is going to be a struggle, I think for a lot of people. Um, and all I, that it can come out in a better way for sure. I mean, humans are very, uh, good at thriving and surviving. Like we find new ways with, with, uh, this, the, punches that come our way. So I do think that everyone is going to have to pivot a little bit yeah, and change the way everyone's been doing things in the past. So I have to like, look at my business and myself and say, how does the future look for me and my business? Like, what can I do to align with the fact that things are going to change and how can I be innovative and on top of these new changes and how, can I still make sure that I'm happy and when in my making money, you know what I mean? And that's the stuff that I've been working on the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And maybe we can shift from like, not, I hope I can do it to hope. I hope I can convey it. I hope I can, you know, like um, get it out quicker or, you know, like maybe you mm-hmm. can shift some of those hopes into something a little more concrete doable rather than doubting ourselves or whatever. Um, is there anything else that you want to add on the business aspect before I ask you something else? 
Nope. Okay. So I wanted to ask it about um, some like, I don't know, brain science-ish type of way. I wanted to talk about hope a little bit with you. Like, um, how do you view it? Like, um, I think, so I have, I've mentioned, you know, my ketamine experiences and I feel like that has been really good in giving, in restoring some of my hope and um, mental uh, happiness, I suppose is probably the best word for it. You know, it like kind of wipes mm-hmm. the slate clean. And, um, so I was wondering if you had any like brain sciencey type things to say about, about hope or, or in relation to any psychedelics or I don't know, something like that. Well, so it's interesting. I was reading, um, a book on brain science that, that mentioned this guy who was, I think he was like one of the longest people who survived being captured in war and he was with a bunch of people and they were prisoners of war for so long that most of the people either died or committed suicide because they were just like constantly thinking, okay, they're going to come save us by Christmas and we're going to be with our families by Christmas and everything's going to be fine. And, and he was hopeful that, that he was going to get home. Like he kept striving to get home, but he wasn't like thinking, okay, this is the moment. And so he was one of the only ones that, or maybe the only one that survived because of that. And I think that, um, also like Drew and I don't watch very much TV, but we started getting uh, every now and again addicted to that show alone where the survivalists go out into the middle of the Arctic and they have to survive as long as they possibly can. (laughs) And the two people, it's it's intense. And yeah, I love it. But anyway, the two people that I loved the most from the beginning had this like uh, positive, um, their just attitude about things were like, they never really complained. Uh, they're just like, shit, that sucks. I lost my fish. Now I might starve. Uh, but I got to keep going, right? They were like the two most positive people, and they were the last two people in it. And and I think that it was this hope that kept their um, – they seemed like realistic, but still had this hope that kept their um, – personalities and like disposition happy and light and like moving forward and and I don't know I just thought about that guy and them and I think that it's this this nice little balance of needing to be realistic um so you don't get your hopes up but then also still continuing to be hopeful so it's like this don't get too realistic to where you think oh this has never worked or too hopeful where you're like oh for sure by next week this is going to be perfect right so it's got to just be a good mixture of the two and I'm going to try to like do that for myself going forward okay me too I'm like, I hate getting my hopes up, honestly. You know, I always say I'm a big fan of low expectations. That's probably a sad thing, but it's true because then I don't get disappointed. And I'm sure there's something to unpack in there that's probably not great. (laughs) We'll unpack it on the next show. On the next show, expectations. Um, I like it. I know. I've been... I mean, I've been working on that exact thing and finding like a, a realistic, but I will say also tack onto that. I mean, I don't like complainers. Like, ugh. Yeah. Turn off. My God. Yeah. 
I know. And it, and it, you have to like catch yourself if you're doing it and you don't, you don't realize it until maybe someone that is around you, like calls you out on it. But you're not a complainer. You don't complain a bunch. I hope not. Sometimes when I get to the point where I'm depleted, maybe I get a little bit like, I don't know, hopefully not, because I don't like them either. We all probably have our moments, but then when you're around somebody that's really complaining, then you're like, oh, oh. God, oh my God, this is getting mm-hmm. on my nerves. So, yeah. Yeah, I typically try to see the silver lining in things. I think that helps me move forward, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's, it, it is good to watch that show and to see all the different personality types. And I'm have to check it out. It's good. Yeah. It sounds like you're like, until they don't die. I'm like, well, what, what if they do die? Oh my God. So yeah, it's, you need to watch it. It's, I, it's alone on Netflix. Well, yeah. One season. yeah. It's only season six, which is the Arctic. It's on Netflix right now. Burr. All right. Well, thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Everyone can find you at Story by Style. And I'll put up links to everything that we talked about, too. So um, thank you, Bijou. Okay. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so grateful. There's a resource roundup of any references that we had on my blog at amyedwards.com slash blog, or there should be a link in the post wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much to our interview guest today, to Susie Moore. Remember that you can find Susie at susie-moore.com, S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R-E.com, or on Instagram at susie.moore. Also, thank you to our regular contributors, to Jill. Find her at underscore Jill Margaret on Instagram or on Instagram or online at stickwithit.co. And thank you to Bijou Finney too of BYOB. You can find Bijou at Story by Style, Story X Style on Instagram. If you'd like to share any thoughts with me, you know I want to hear them. Write to me, amy at amyedwards.com or hit me on Instagram at realamyedwards. Uh, don't forget to please rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. Share it with a friend. It matters so much. Thank you. And remember, we can retain control and still have hope. It's underneath these actions that we take. And maybe I'm coming around. Maybe I almost opened my mouth to say it's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Amazing how with a little work, it can change, right? Because if you'd asked me a week ago, I still would have said I hate it. (laughs) But I'm not now. Mm -mm. I'm feeling it. And I'm feeling this. So thank you so much for being here. I'm Amy Edwards, and much peace and love and light to you. Till next time.